Central Ohio is a hub of businesses, nonprofit, and social enterprise organizations, large and small, all connected by the experiences we share and the stories we tell. Your BBB is excited to showcase businesses who are working every day to build trust and support our communities. BBB SparkCast is where we will learn from these local entrepreneurs firsthand. Hello listeners, and thanks for joining us for this episode of BBB SparkCast. My name is Jordan, the Content and Communications Coordinator with your BBB. I'm here today with Jared Seibert, owner of Warrior Wear LLC, who left his mutual fund sales work two years ago to become a full-time entrepreneur, creating yoga products for men. Drawing upon inspiration from yoga service and frustrated at the lack of products for male practitioners, he was inspired to start his own company. How are you doing today, Jared? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for coming in. Um, can we start by learning a little bit more about Warrior Wear? Sure thing. So um, I think you touched on it a little bit. It is a men's yoga apparel company um, where we were founded with the idea of how can we create products specifically tailored to men and to their practice. Um, I think moreover, aside from that though, Jordan, we've really wanted to create a brand that portrays and emphasizes, you know, the strength and the masculinity that can exist within a somewhat of a stereotypical softer practice like yoga. Very cool. Um, today's topic is story of a startup. So um, like I mentioned, you were working full time for someone else. Yep. Um, you were in the midst of a highly lucrative career in mutual funds. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your career path and how it led you to Warrior Wear. Yeah, it's funny. Um, when you put it like that, it does sound like a, a drastic change to go from mutual fund sales to, uh, to a startup that's making essentially clothes for guys practicing yoga. Um, but when I look back and when I think about it, you know, over the last four or five years, probably making the transition, it really did happen quite smoothly and quite naturally. Um, I was wholesaling mutual funds and uh, covering four or five different states. And I just didn't feel like something was quite right internally. Mm -hmm. You know, we would look at the numbers and it was a daily grind and whether it was $50,000 in sales or $5 million in sales, it's like the victories were shallow um, and I really wasn't getting that sense of fulfillment or um, I think the enjoyment of what I was looking for. And uh, I became more and more disconnected, you know, from the job. I felt like I was starting to get isolated and um, I think the best way to put it, I wasn't happy. And I knew there was something else that I wanted to do. And I was in the process of getting engaged and starting to get married to my wife. And um, one night I was just online looking for men's yoga clothes and was kind of frustrated. I was like, this is ridiculous. There's no, there's no apparel for guys. And even if there is apparel, it's on these purple colored websites and these very effeminate websites that I'm going to buy my men's apparel. Um, and it just didn't feel like something was quite right within that whole environment or the paradigm was a little bit off. And, um, you know, I said to my wife, I was like, you know, there's something about men's yoga apparel. It doesn't exist. Yeah, I should make my own. And she's like, you really hate your job, don't you? Like, you're looking for something else. You're <laughs> reaching here if you want to make men's clothes. And, uh, and she turned to me and she's like, yeah, you should do it. She's like, go for it. Call it warrior wear. And um, within that instant, I kind of looked at her. I was like, yeah. That sounds awesome. And the next day I went out and registered the website and got the domain and sat there and thought about it for maybe the next five or six months. 
um, with the idea of could we actually build this company? Could this actually work? Is it crazy enough to, uh, to actually pursue? Um, and it was leading up into the wedding. Um, it was one day before we actually got married that, uh, that I retired or resigned from my career in wholesaling mutual funds. I quit my job, got married, went on our honeymoon, and uh, came back ready to start. Um, so it was the course of probably about three or four years, but it was what feels like a natural evolution into a spot that I'm much more comfortable and much happier in my existence and doing the work day to day. Well, good. That's what's important. Yeah. And your wife suggested the name Warrior Wear. Is there anything else behind that? Um, yeah, it was really just an instant. Um, Warrior is a popular pose within yoga. There's three or four different variations of it. Um, the word comes up a lot within practice. Um, so on the surface level, it just absolutely made sense. I thought it was catchy. I thought it was easy to remember. Uh, if you have trouble saying ours, it can be difficult to say. <laughs> but aside from that, um, you know, it's stuck right away. But subliminally, or I think underneath the surface behind it, really became this idea of, you know, what is a warrior? You know, what is the struggle? What is the fight? What is the masculinity behind it that we can start to bring out? And how can guys start to identify with it? And specifically within yoga, it's not just the physical practice for anyone that, you know, shows up and tries a couple classes. You quickly realize it's the internal struggle and the internal conflict and the internal battles that oftentimes have to be challenged and fought, such as if you're not happy making a change to figure out what might make you happy. And um, really within the brand, that is, that is what resonates. And to me, that is what the, the true warrior is. It's not necessarily the physical who can run more miles or who can lift more weight. It's who can really do the hard work internally to, um, to find what it is that they're looking for, what it is that they need to do. And how long have you been practicing yoga? Um, roughly, I would say four or five years. I think the first class I did was probably around 2008 or so. Okay. Um, in a faraway land of Costa Rica. Oh, wow. And uh, it's funny, Jordan, because I find other guys relate to this story. You know, I was far away from home. I was in another country. It was very accepted in... Uh, you know, in a urban, or, um, called like the jungle community with a surfing lifestyle, the yoga practice, kind of the wellness um, area we were at. And, um, and I loved it. I did it five days in a row. But then I came back and still felt apprehensive or anxious or hesitant to step into a studio mm -hmm. where I was living at the time. Um, you know, and it took a couple years until I actually got up the nerve to go back into it because I just didn't feel like I was comfortable enough doing it. And um, I find that when I say that to a lot of guys, you know, that's the same story that they had, where they'll go in, they'll try it once, they love it, but they're still not comfortable going back into it. And I think that's part of the stigma that exists within Western culture um, about practicing yoga with guys. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, the cultural differences and, um, so you practice regularly now in Columbus and- I do, yes. Yeah, yeah um, at this point, it's pretty much every day. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really just part of my daily routine. I, uh, I love it, I enjoy it, I learn a lot from it, but also to stay connected to the community, stay connected to the brand, um, and make sure that uh, our message is on par with the practice. I think it's important that 
you know, it helps me stay grounded within the within the brand. Yeah, walking the walk. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so during your journey of mm -hmm. transitioning, um, what mistakes did you make along the way that ultimately helped you grow? Oh, what mistakes did I make along the way? Um, there were probably a few. I think um, what stands out to me the most is probably a mistake that I continue to make regularly. And that's, it probably comes a lot from my, my former careers um, as well as other things, but um, it's really just measuring our successes or our victories on whatever our last activity or achievement was. Um, so whether it's, you know, Instagram likes, whether it's a podcast with the Better Business Bureau, whether it was an article that got published, you know, it's kind of like, woohoo, raise your hand, celebrate. And I quickly transition what's next. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there's a real danger to that because that's where that, um, that emptiness and that hollowness kind of comes from. Um, how can I really tap into all the support of the community and the articles and the successes that we've had over the last two years? Um, our Kickstarter campaign and really ride that wave and feel that support so that um, it's not just measured by, you know, the next customer review that comes in. Um, really feel that and, you know, use that to grow. And I think at that point, you know, things will become more successful exponentially because they have the opportunity to, to grow upon themselves and it's not just a transactional type event on a daily basis. I feel like that's probably a pretty common mindset, <laughs> whether you're an entrepreneur or not. You know, it's easy next. to fall into it. Um, and to some extent, I think our society and our culture, you know, propagate, promotes it a bit, um, where it is just bigger, better, faster, stronger, you know, more sales, more growth. How can you scale quicker um, versus, you know, how can we get deeper relationships? Mm -hmm. How can we create better connections? Um, it's not the amount of shorts that we produce. It's you know, the amount of community and the amount of people that we can connect with from it. Yeah, definitely. So during your transition from employee to full-time entrepreneur, mm -hmm. um, what major fears and anxieties did you have to overcome? A lot of them, <laughs> to make a long answer short. <laughs> um, I think the first thing that I had to overcome, Jordan, was Getting back from the honeymoon, you know, we had a two-week vacation. I had time to really sit with the idea. Uh, a lot of ideas came into to existence while I was there and kind of sketching out different logos and, um, you know, just making different image boards. But once I actually came back, again, you know, it's easy to do in a faraway land like practice yoga, but coming back into the community and actually taking that pen to paper and putting it into existence and getting feedback, dare I say, uh, it's terrifying. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to do. Um, it's one thing to do a mutual fund presentation to a group of financial advisors with a company that's 200 years old that I'm somewhat disassociated from, even though I'm a representative of, versus doing a startup event here and pitching an idea to 50 people that I just created you know, in my kitchen. Um, there's a lot more anxiety and I felt a lot more connection and a lot more um, personal ties to it. Um, so I think getting past that and really just uh, not taking anything too personal, but finding people that will give me honest feedback, regardless of what it is, so that if we want to be successful, you know, I need professionals kind of looking over my shoulder and guiding me, if not helping me and doing the, some of the work for us to really get out there. And 
it's, uh, it's not easy to do, to let go, to trust their, their instincts, to let them do their job, and to hear the feedback that people are giving us. Did you first pitch your idea then at like a startup weekend or something like that? Um, yes. So, well, it wasn't startup weekend. We did Wake Up Startup. Okay. Um, that was the first one. And, uh, you know, I'll never forget that because I still have the deck and it was over at Rev1 and there's probably 60, 70 people in there. And um, I remember there's people standing along the back, but uh, I went there and did that and had a blast with it and sweaty palms and um, was terrified to do it, but got through it and the feedback was great. From there, you know, I met the gentleman from Hutchison Media, we can give Mike Red a plug, um, <laughs> who ends up, ended up doing our marketing. I met the girl who ends up doing our design work. Um, I made so many connections just from that one event that, uh, that I probably wouldn't, have, I wouldn't be here, we wouldn't be successful without it, for sure. And Columbus has a great startup support system. Oh, for sure. And then after that sundown rundown, um, we, did, uh, we did product hunt as well. So really, once I found how valuable that is, I knew that was the kind of like the internal work as well as the external work that I had to do to, uh, to be able to get out there. Um, just start getting feedback, put the idea out there, make connections, have coffee with as many people as I can. Um, and, uh, and yeah, from there, we just uh, we were able to grow. And that kind of leads into our last question here. Um, for anyone listening who's thinking of making the transition or starting their own business, mm -hmm. um, what advice would you give to someone who's trying to start a business out of a passion? Oh, there's several. Let's see here. Um, I think the first one does touch on what we just spoke about. So it would be find a, a network or a community that will give you honest feedback. Um, and it's not necessarily your friends or your family, um, although sometimes it might be. My wife's great at giving me honest feedback regardless. <laughs> um, but find people that uh, you, literally you're just sitting down with for the first time so there's not that personal connection and, um, and you can put something in front of them and really hear what it is they're saying, but also that above and beyond, you can see what their reaction is to it. Um, and then I think moreover on top of that is uh, make sure you have a, a support system in place. So the people that are giving you feedback might not necessarily be the ones that are helping support you. Um, my wife will give me feedback, but more importantly, she helps with a lot of the support. You know, there's people that do both for us, but um, you know, they're two important things that I feel like I, I tap into on a daily basis to really drive things forward. Well, I lied. I do have one more question. <laughs> okay. Where do you see Warrior Wear going? Um, I try not to, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> Didn't know if there was like a big vision or something oh, you eventually totally like is. to, um, but I you mean, don't want to think about it. <laughs> it. It's so easy to drive across the bridge and see the awesome billboard of Rogue Fitness um, right on the tower as you're coming out of downtown Columbus. And I was like, man, I could really see a picture of like Warrior Wear on the side with the logo and it lit up. Um, there's so many inspirational companies like them within Columbus that, you know, I see us aspiring to be, I see inspiring us to be, and um, you know, I would love to grow into. But at the same time, it goes back to that shallow victory, you know, how can I really appreciate the here and now if I'm always thinking about 
what we can become. Mm -hmm. So just uh, trying to build the connections, build the relationships, create fans, and uh, take it one day at a time. Yeah, it is important to be present. <laughs> Appreciate <laughs> how good things Not are. Not always easy, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I enjoy it a lot more. Well, Jared, thank you so much for coming in and talking sure with us today. Really appreciate it. Uh, listeners, you can learn more by visiting yogawarriorwear.com and following them on social media. Be sure to subscribe to BBB SparkCast so you don't miss out on the conversation. And if there's a topic that you'd like to hear about, feel free to email us at podcast at centralohio.bbb.org. And we look forward to you joining us next time.